Well, I want to wish a Merry Christmas once again to everyone here, a lot of people here. Uh, wish a Merry Christmas to a lot of people joining us uh, around the county and around the state, a lot of people joining us from Florida. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. My sister, I believe, even said she was going to join us from Hawaii, so we're all over the place, and it's Christmas everywhere, so we, uh, we have a wonderful time and a wonderful, wonderful night of celebration. Very quickly, before I begin, uh, I know that uh, some of you um, have expressed concern about spilling, you know, some of this wax or maybe lighting the place on fire. I know that... Uh, I know that Erica was a little afraid of that, so I went ahead and I got this for you, Erica. You can just take your candle and set that right down in there, okay? We've got stands that the four-year-olds are using, but you can go ahead and use that, all right? And if you drop it, it'll be contained, okay? Hey, you bet. You know it. Merry Christmas. Listen to this. You've heard this before, and it's a wonderful story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their town, their own town, to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him. And who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Once again, and, and, and Father, thank you just doesn't seem enough to be able to celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Savior, this, this, this God, this man that ushers in eternal life for those who would put their faith and their trust in. We thank you, Father, that it was this time, this moment, that God became man, joined together this divinity and humanity. We thank you that we can be a part of that, 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 that we get to benefit from this incredible act of love that, that goes for all eternity. So, Father, at this time we worship and we thank you. We invite you, please, to this place, to our minds, to our hearts, so that we might have a sense of joy, so that we might have a, a sense of peace, but, but that we might have gratitude tonight to thank you for who you are and what you do. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's the Christmas story that you know and the Christmas story that you've heard many times. But there's another part, isn't there? There's sort of part number two or the second half to the Christmas story. And that's, that's the wise men. That's the magi that come and, and they see Jesus as well. We don't find this in Luke. We find this in Matthew. And, and really, this is going to be the point of our, of our focus tonight to understand the importance, the significance of these stars that the wise men follow. In chapter 2 of Matthew, we find this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. We've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they'd seen when it rose ahead went ahead of them until it stopped over where the place the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. If you've been paying attention, uh, some of you that's easy, some it's not quite so easy. You've probably heard a lot lately about the Christmas star, haven't you? I'm just curious, just over the past couple weeks, just show of hands. Who's heard about the Christmas star over the past few days, few weeks? It's quite interesting, isn't it? In fact, there, there was a break in the clouds a little bit on, on Monday, and I was able to go outside and, and see this bright light. You may have heard that this is an alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, aligning in a way that they haven't done, at least from our perspective, for over 800 years. Now, they actually align quite a bit. They align about every 20 years. But from our perspective, it's been a very long time. It's almost, and I think this is kind of neat, it's almost with, with two planets, it's almost like it's two Christmas stars sort of coming together and making one. And of course, since it's this season and this time, it's dubbed the Christmas star. And perhaps you have asked the question, and if you have, there's nothing to be ashamed of, I've asked this question, I've asked this question, if I hadn't asked this question, then I'd have to be talking about something else tonight. I've asked the question, I wonder if that's the real star. I wonder if that's the real Christmas star, and I know I'm not the only person in this room who's asked that question. I wonder if that's the real Christmas star. Is this alignment the same as it was 2,000 years ago, leading the wise men to Bethlehem? Well, the best answer I can give you is possibly, possibly, but maybe not. Maybe not. It might be an unanswerable question. You see, the times and the records from Scripture don't exactly line up with these celestial bodies moving, though they are very close. 
In fact, this very same thing happened in about 7 or 6 B.C. That's about the earliest time Jesus could have been born when we take into account all of the evidence of Scripture. But the, the star in Scripture, it didn't move properly. Nor do we, do we find that it was seen and noticed by everyone. We also find that it stopped. It stopped over the place Jesus was born. Now, you're familiar enough with stars to know that that's kind of strange. That that's not a natural movement of a star. It isn't clear in Scripture whether or not this is the actual star. But we do know that the word used is aster. Aster. And aster simply means a heavenly body. A heavenly body. Aster means something bright in the sky. That's what it means. Something bright in the sky led these men to Jesus. I mean, even Jupiter and Saturn are not actually stars. That something, many believe, was a portion of the glory of God. The glory of God and shown in His completeness in this Shekinah glory, leading the way to Jesus, perhaps in the Spirit, perhaps reflected in an angelic messenger. And if that sounds a little fantastic to you, I don't think it should surprise us. At least it shouldn't surprise us any more than the realignment or unnatural movement of the stars. God's done this before. All you need to do is read about the Israelites in Exodus as God leads the Israelites through the wilderness in this glorified state of fire. Now, could God have used an actual star for the birth of Jesus? Absolutely. Absolutely. Could He use the alignment of two planets to signify the birth of Jesus around the world? Absolutely. Don't think for a second that God couldn't do that. See, here's the point. God made the stars. God named the stars, we find from Psalm 147. The stars are beautiful. And He created them because He wants them. The stars give light and quite literally direction to the world. And the stars show God's mighty power. To him, moving and using a star is no more difficult than you and I moving and using a grain of sand. Strange to think, isn't it? So is that it? Did I just, did I just ruin your Christmas? Huh? Just ruin? I mean, why not? Pile on. Ruin Christmas 2020. There's no Christmas star. Are we left with an unanswerable question? Should we shut the book on using stars or thinking about stars at Christmas time? Is there not one sliver of hope that a star exists that was ushered in at Christmas time? Well, if stars are something you love, I have good news. Even after all I've just said, I'm here to tell you that there is, in fact, a Christmas star. In fact, there are two. And both of these stars are a lot closer than you think. You know, Ashley and I uh, read Sam, or read books to Sam just about every night. He likes it, we like it. He goes to pick out a book, and, and usually it's a superhero book or something like it. He likes superhero books. But at this time of year, and he's done this already, inevitably he, he starts picking out Christmas books, right? Makes sense. Picks out Christmas books 
around Christmas time. And each one of these books has a little adventure or a problem that the characters face. Eventually, every one of these characters comes to a resolution in the book. And nearly every one of these books has some sort of summary of the meaning of Christmas. Oh, you've heard these things about about friendship and about sharing and about generosity and about peace and about all of these this excitement and all of these things. Now, all of these endings are perfectly fine. They teach good qualities of giving and sharing and friendship and generosity. But every one of these books misses the star of Christmas. You see, in our parlance, star is often used to denote the main person, the one you want to see, the one you want to hear, the one you want to get to know. The star is the reason for the event, and it is the focus of all who attend. There is a Christmas star, church, and it's important now more than ever to remember what the star of Christmas is. You need not search the cosmos to find it. I find it incredibly interesting that Jesus joins humanity with the herald of a star. And then when you get to the very end of the Word of God, Revelation has 22 chapters, you get to chapter 22, and you get just about to the very end of chapter 22. We're almost just about to the very end of the Word of God. It is the last title that Jesus reveals about Himself. He says this in chapter 22 of Revelation, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they've done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life. And may go through the gates into the city. And then in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. There is a star of Christmas. Jesus is the real Christmas star, but he's, just, he's not just the star of Christmas. Jesus is the star of humanity. He's the star of divinity. He is the beginning and the end and the point of everything in between, church. This star is the creator and sustainer of life. But I said there was two stars, right? I think I said there was two stars. Or at least there's two stars Thanks to Christmas. Church, the other star is alive and well today. This star isn't quite as old as others. This star has existed for about 2,000 years and will exist for all eternity, even when the stars in space blink out. Church, you've seen this star before, and you could see this star tonight. You saw this star last Christmas, and you could see this star tomorrow morning. But the very best time to see this star, just like every other star, is when it's dark. When the world is dark. When the year has been dark. When the culture is dark. When night has fallen, when storms roll in, making even the days dark. Church, that is precisely the time this star goes to work and shines its brightest. It provides light. It provides direction. Church, that star is you. That star is the church. 
Am I getting presumptuous? Huh? Am I getting a little too big for my britches here? Am I missing the point? Have I the right to compare you and me to stars, even as Jesus compares himself to the star? Church, I never made that comparison. God did. Philippians 2, 14 and 16, particularly when times are tough. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You see, this is the gift Jesus gave. Jesus not only gave you and me eternal life, but Jesus gave the world stars. Stars that are commanded, that are given the right, allowed, given the opportunity to shine, to show, to provide direction and provide peace. Church, without Christmas, the star would not have become man. The star would not walk and would not teach. Without Christmas, the star would not die and the star would not rise again, saving you and me. Without Christmas, these stars in this room would never exist. And think back. Remember what we said about stars. God made the stars. He named the stars. The stars are beautiful. And He created them because He wants them. The stars give light and direction to the world. And the stars show God's mighty power. Stars are beautiful. Direction and light. Church, we have not just the right, but we have the obligation as stars to pass along this direction, to pass along this light, to pass along what it means to know Jesus Christ, to know the value, to know the purpose, to know the mission that each person has. To display in our lives so that others may know that yes, you are beautiful too. That God made you for a reason. He made you because He wants you. He made you because you show this awesome and mighty power of Jesus Christ. This heavenly creation. Eternal for you and I. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You that we have been given the gift the gift of being stars. We thank you that we have been given the gift of showing this love and this peace and this joy of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we have been given an opportunity not only to worship Jesus as the bright morning star, but actually to participate in this wonderful ministry, this wonderful life, this wonderful kingdom ushered in by stars. We thank you that perhaps now, forevermore, we get to gaze upon your creation. We get to gaze upon the heavens and understand completely and truly what the actual stars are. 
that you ushered in at Christmas time. And so, at this time, Father, we ask that you give us courage, that you give us strength, you give us gratitude, and you give us peace to extend the bright, the direction, the love of these stars to those around us. And maybe for this season, certainly at the end of a difficult year, they may see an incredible love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that, Father. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
fun being here. This is a night we get to spend together. Church, when you leave this place, whether it's tonight or tomorrow or next week or the months to come, you're going to encounter somebody. Somebody sad. Somebody angry. Somebody confused. Somebody who would give just about anything to actually gaze upon the Christmas star. Church, don't miss that. In that moment, be what you were created to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've given us the gift of participation, of service, of work. We thank you that you've given us love, peace, and joy. We thank you, Father, that we can have a heart of gratitude. We thank you that we can exalt you as king, as creator, as sustainer of life. We thank you that even through the storm, we get to celebrate the birth of your son. Help us. Help us to remember the beauty of the star of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. You are dismissed. <laughs>